Hey everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in, relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing speaker that's going to share her journey in, re- in regards to being a military wife. Uh, she's actually served, the, served our service for over 15 years. Now she's actually a veteran. Uh, she's also a mom. She's in school. She also is a podcast a co-host as well. So today she's going to share her journey, the goods and the bads of uh, being a military wife and, um, you know, just giving us some advice in regards to some things that people don't know about for what people go through when they're in the military. So Keisha, thank you so much for coming on today's platform and being um, a guest speaker for us today. Um, how's everything going for you? Hi, thank you for having me. Everything's going wonderful, just a little stressful, just bought a house. So moving around, trying to get everything in order. But other than that, I really can't complain. And thank you again for having me. Well, congratulations on oh, the house. That's <laughs> thank a, you so much. accomplishment. Um, <laughs> If you're anything like me, you're going to be on Amazon all the time trying to find some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you like shopping, if you like shopping, definitely. So Amazon's the best. I just got to say that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into, you know, your story and your journey, um, and first of all, thank you for serving our country for over 15 years and doing the things that you do. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. Um, but before we get into the good stuff, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun? Well, obviously shopping now, you know, I mean, I don't know if I like it at this point now because I'm not, I'm getting things for the house and not for myself, but uh, <laughs> I do enjoy, you know, out, countless hours of falling asleep with the phone in my hand, trying to figure out curtain rods and shower rods and, you know, measuring windows and things like that. But um, when I get some free time, I do like to read, uh, spend time harassing my teenagers, you know, because they're, you know, I, I like to say to them, they're just a bunch of teenage dirtbags, which of course they don't understand because they don't, you know, they're not. They oh, you sound like you know? me. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't raised in the time to know what that means, but, mm-hmm. you know, just spend a little now time. Like, broke best friends. You know, I said that to my sister a lot. She laughs at me, but uh, hey, it, it, if the shoe fits, let me just <laughs> let me let me stop for my sister to call me up. But um, and also, you know, I spend a lot of time on my deck. It's just, I just like the outdoors, just, you know, by myself, maybe even with the hookah, you know, just chilling on the back deck. And and there's a lot of trees and wind and the nature. So, you know, that's basically what I like to do in my free time. So you're you like the nature. You like to the peace. That's what it sounds like. You like peace. Definitely. Yeah, How old yeah. is your uh, children? Oh my gosh! See, if I tell you how old they are, you're gonna be like, "Well, I, I, I didn't think you that." <laughs> yeah, you're like, "She's old." So my son is 17, and my daughter is 15. So yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah. age. Those are great ages. 
great ages to get on your nerves, but you know. <laughs> no, I, I totally so got it. I know it. all about that age. <laughs> Jenny, how old is your kids? How old are your kids? Uh, my son is 22 and my daughter's 19. Okay. So, so believe you know me. all about that age and that relationship <laughs> where they know everything, you know? Yeah. They do. And I find myself saying, Google it then. Like, okay, if you know, then Google it. I say it to them, well, go ahead and Google it then if I'm not right. It's a mess. <laughs> that's too funny. So let's get into, you know, being a military wife and, you know, serving us, our country. What made you actually join the military? Is it something that you always wanted to do or um, someone in your family inspired you? Where did that come from? Well, it's kind of like a funny story. So um, I actually wanted to go to college. I was trying, I got accepted into Temple. I really, I was a band geek, okay? Yeah, yeah. I was a band geek. I, pay, I played the French horn. Don't tell anybody. And I also, I, I tell everybody just now, but I said don't tell anybody. And then I also, um, you know... <laughs> I also was dancing in the band as well. I forget what they call it now. It's been so many years. But I also did that as well. So I really was into the band and everything like that. So um, Temple to me had a really great band. So I was like, I'm going to go there. So I applied. And then a couple of things changed. And so me and my me and my homegirl, Danielle, was like, yeah, we going into the military. Let's do this together. And I was like, yeah, let's go do it. So, you know, I'm from New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey. We go downtown at a little recruiter station out there. I met mm -hmm. my recruiter. Who I'm still cool with, too. And uh, she was like, she couldn't come in for whatever reason. So I was like, you know, I'm going to see this through. So um, I actually decided, like, you know what, let me go. I mean, I could go to college later. I'm going to go ahead and join the military, see what that's about. Um, okay. Possibly have them pay for my college. So, yeah, it, it was just like something. Good benefits. Yeah, yeah. You know, me and my homegirl was like, let's do it. But I just was like, she couldn't do it. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and see it through. <laughs> Why not? Wow. So, wow. so she actually came up with the plan and didn't follow through well i don't know I, like i don't really remember who came up with it we were just a bunch of knuckleheads you know like going mm -hmm. to church we was we was the kids that went to church and being there joking on people's shoes and stuff like we uh -huh. fall down but we get up like it was bad <laughs> but it was like we're gonna try something different so you know we wanted to be independent do our own thing and then it just didn't work out for her so i ended up just saying you know what i'm gonna keep doing it but i i, I need to lose a little bit of weight so it took me a bit it took me a bit to get out because after um after I graduated, it took me maybe like eight months to lose like a couple of pounds so I could go in. So yeah, I was just like, I'm gonna do this, you know. Mm, okay. Okay. So how was that transition? You know, being a knucklehead and goofing around to like structure. <laughs> you know, it it was it was okay. So my like when I was doing that, my uncle went through and. <laughs> That's another funny story. Is you know my uncle TT. We only a couple of years apart, so it's funny. Okay. I don't call him uncle. I just call him TT. He <laughs> went in and he had a situation, but he said, "Keisha, the best advice I'll give you is when these drill sergeants yell at you, just find somewhere a spot or something to look at and just stare at it." I'm like, "Cool." I didn't understand what he was talking about, you know. And like, and another thing, my drill sergeant did not tell me that you couldn't go in with braids. Like I had got my hair braided. Like, okay, I'm going to be out here, you know, in the hot heat. I'm going to braid up my hair. Right. So whole time I'm on my way to, they like, you got them braids in your hair. And I'm looking at them like, what's wrong with my braids? Like, they're like, you, you sure you want to go with braids? And I'm like, why wouldn't I want to? Like, I didn't even know. So, you know, I, I kind of just took my uncle's uh, words and stuck to it. But I found out later why he said to do that. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> It was a big change. Like you get like one moment you in the everybody treating you nice, you know, hey, you know, you need some water, you know, first, actually, I don't know if you want me to get this deep, but when you first go, they do this physical, 
You don't even leave yet. They take you to the MEPS is what they call it. You do a physical. You got a duck walk. You got to get down in your underwear. My mm-hmm. one girlfriend said they looked at her privates. I was like, wow. Because they, I didn't see, nobody didn't do that to me, but this was Texas. I don't know how they do things in Texas, but okay. that shocked me. So they have you do all this stuff. They check you for scoliosis, oh, wow. have you walk a certain way. Then you go home and then later on you ship out. So yeah, you don't really get a lot of information. You just get like the first step of it get your job and you then they say okay you're in and you'll get on a plane and go to basic in x amount of time and that's all you know Mm. okay Mm. so let's speak on that can you tell us a lot of the stuff that we don't know about when it comes to being in the military that people don't talk because honestly only thing i know about is the good benefits the good benefits and flying and you know all the good perks but what is the bad perks that we we don't get to hear about for people that's in the military well, I found out firsthand, okay? So I went in there, when you know how you have your glasses right now? I went in there, ran my, what they call them? I don't even know what they call them anymore, but like they contraband. Like you got mm-hmm. those contraband glasses yeah. on. So I'm wearing my little, you know, I'm like proud of myself. I brought myself some Versace glasses, you know what I mean? Like I got the braids going, you know? They take you in there, they they feed you, they give you a little bit of money to shop with. I'm like, this is nice. You know, like, give me a little card with $300. You know, like me and like five Then they like, like, then they start getting a little rough on you. Like, you got to go out here and run a half a mile. And I'm like, okay. So, but don't worry about it. I'm like, all right. So I went out and did that. That was like the first step of basic. Like, it was real mm-hmm. nice. So and then they then they like, listen, and, you know, you got to pack up. In two, three days, you about to go to the actual basic size. So I'm like, okay. Still got my brazen. Other, <laughs> and then while you're there, there's other military people who aren't drill sergeants. They're like, you got them braids going. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they keep talking about my braids? Like, I, I wasn't even ready for it. At this point, I'm just like, something ain't right, you know? So, um, they get us in there. It's old school, though. Like, they get you in there, and you have this big duffel bag on. I'm, like, five feet. The duffel bag, like, six feet, you know? Because it's up at the top of your head. They, like, hire you. <laughs> You got to stack up the stuff at the top. And the more you put at the top, the, the less heavy it is. I'm like, it's heavy. So then they make you walk away to this bus. And then you get on. Then before you get on the bus, you got to take it back to the front. It's a cattle bus is what they call it. So they they stuff everybody in there. Now you're in there real tight. It's hot. And then next thing you know, they you don't even go far. They stop. And then it's like 80,000 drill sergeants there. Get off the bus. Get off the bus. Get your ass off the bus. Like they going in, like cursing you out. And you're like, wait a minute. Like somebody gave me $300 like two days ago to buy all this stuff. And now everybody cursing me out. And then like people, if you're not wearing, oh, you got your cap on wrong. Get down and give me pushups. Don't nobody know how to get, do pushups. They're like, oh, you don't know how to push up. So now they want to, you know, everybody in a row got to do pushups. Like every, if one person do wrong, everybody do wrong. Yeah. So oh, female drill sergeants coming over there whispering, hey, you got them braids and I'm going to get you later. I'm like, <laughs> you talking about my braids again. So now I'm stressing. Like, I'm, I'm a little stressed out because I'm wearing the braids. So then they move you over to your company. They separate you. they like, take off your your glasses. You can't wear those civilian glasses. They give you these ugly glasses to wear and Aww. all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Like, and then it, it's just, it's, it's a whole different atmosphere. They run you around all day and, and you don't run around all day in real life. You're like tired. No. Like, they run you. They got <laughs> no. you doing pull-ups. You're like, I don't even do pull-ups in real life. So now you got... <laughs> bruises on your hands and your feet hurt you like <laughs> at the end of the day everybody just like don't even make it upstairs you're like in the hallway inside the door taking off your shoes rubbing your feet crying and stuff so yeah it's 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 a real it was back in my day a real experience like a wow. whole different transition and even while you were in it was different it was nice at this part then they got mean at this part so it just it was a whole different it was a whole different environment honestly but you stayed yeah. in it for over 15 years. So you made it through. You you a soldier. You ain't quit. You know, yeah. it, hasn't, 
it wasn't that hard. It was a little stretch in the in the beginning, but you were able to, you know, pave through that through that journey. <laughs> I mean, and I met I met soldiers from Spain who came who joined the military to, to, to for the U.S. Army, mm-hmm. and I, the one girl was running and crying, and I didn't understand that she had a friend with her, and. Um, again, they didn't really speak. The one girl didn't speak good English. So her friends, she cried every time she ran and mm-hmm. we was like, what is going on? She like, her ankle was broke. I said, what? what? She said, yeah, we came here. Cause like the Spaniard army is way worse. So she broke okay. her army. I mean, her army, she broke her ankle in that army. Then wow. she got a chance to come to America and be in that army. So she was risking it all. Like, I want to get here and be in America. Like here is where I want to be. So every day she was running on that angle and just crying just so she could get through. Cause she was like, I refuse to go back home. So when I saw that, I was like, let me get my stuff together because I ain't even got a broke ankle and she out here running. Running. So I said, Nope, let me get it together. So I had to, I had to get it together. I linked up with one of my girlfriends. She was a, she ran track. She showed me the little tricks and things. So I just, I just followed her the whole way physically to get through <laughs> most of the time we're wow. running anyways yeah and I can imagine because you know I've heard it's rough like I've heard the boot camp part of it like you were speaking on it's rough I've heard stories because I have veterans in my family that have served so because my uncle served in Vietnam so he he used to tell my me like, yeah like he said that it's rough. Like my son, like I said, uh, um, my son also went for boot camp. He didn't last through it, obviously, because I know it was hard. And that happens. I mean, not everyone makes it through, but I know it's rough. My son was like, "Mom, you know, I cried." <laughs> I've heard they they people actually they make people actually cry. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but you made it through because look at you. You did fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah, it was it was hard. Like, and I was short, so I was getting picked on. Them braids got me. Oh, they got me good with them <laughs> braids. I got a good story about that later. But I got picked on um continuously uh throughout basic and um towards the end of basic, like you can it's it's like a it's like they break down all the things that you've been raised to learn when you were with your mm-hmm. family and rebuild mm-hmm. you. So it, that's okay. exactly what they do throughout that. You know, like when you first get there, you can't call nobody and then they'll give you time to call, but it's really not time to call. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like, it'll be you with five people that make you get a battle buddy. So you have one person you have to be with all the time, but then okay. you'll have like a whole line or platoon that you with. And if you line up with them, they'll tell you, okay, line up, go. And then you'll get on the phone They'll let you talk on the phone for maybe f- let them know you here and hang up. And the longer, the longer you take on the phone, cause everybody's in the front leaning rest. Like you're in a push up position while your friends on the phone. So like the longer you take the, the longer they're going to be in that position. So you literally have to call, pick up the phone, call your family. I'm here. I'm happy. I'm all right. And hang up. So the next person could go. Cause everybody's in wow. line waiting on you. It's just like, so much mental like play in it you know and and you don't even when you're there you're so stressed out you don't even like you don't even know like some you, you don't know when it's night or day you don't know when the last time you got your time of the month it's just so much they they put you under so much stress on purpose <laughs> mm. so yeah Ooh. you think they do it more to kind of like prepare you depending on where you're gonna go like right. where you get drafted at is that is that how they prepare you mentally and they do all that I mean, I'm just assuming that's what they do to prepare you just in case, depending on where, what type of 
be drafted. Um, right. Drafting, you're you're going to if you're in the front line or if you're just going somewhere where there's just like a battlefield going on, like where you're not really in it, but you still have to kind of like prepare yourself mentally for that. Some of it is like that, yes. Because okay. I've been like you. You could be totally sleep, and then they'll wake you up out of nowhere, just just yelling like. Uh, like they'll be playing like when I went to basic this is how long ago where they played past the Cavarcier over the um, microphone and they said don't pass the Cavarcier drink water like it's it's really like just really and they'll wake you up like that banging and stuff yeah. um, and then they'll and then sometimes they'll incorporate fire guards so like you'll be sleeping and somebody wake you up like yo it's your turn to pull guard so they kind of get your body ready to get up and pull guard and then that, when you actually get to your unit you pull guard or you, you stand at the, the desk for 24 hours like you have to stay awake okay. the whole time unless you you know you could kind of work it out with the person you with see how many hours you can sleep how many hours you can but mo some of the training is for that and some of it is also just to like i said you know break you down from all of the stuff that you learn at home and just rebuild you as the type of soldier they want you to be and you okay. know ready and you know m militant and you know attentive things like that you know like it's it's, it's a lot <laughs> mm. Well, you made it through. So let's speak on, you know, your transition in being the military and how you actually became a military wife. How did that all come about? Well, I'm going to be honest. When I came in, I after basic, um, I actually had to wait. Where There's two different versions. So there's basic and then there's AIT. So basic is where oh, it's rough. AIT is kind of rough, but it's more laid back. Like you get okay. more, your drill sergeants will laugh with you in AIT. And it'll it'll be still a little structure, but you'll get to have a good time. But okay. so you go learn your job. And then after that, they just send you to your next unit. And you really don't learn your job. You learn the technical things. And then okay. the, whoever's there at the unit has to teach you your actual job, like make it all make sense for you or whatever. So when I got there, everybody was deployed. So <laughs> me and me and my friend who came to basic because we stayed in AIT, which was in um, Fort Lee. And we stayed out there for two weeks and we could just chill because we was watching other people do things and we was done already. So they couldn't really do nothing to us. So we just was doing whatever we wanted. And um, once we left there and went to um, our duty station, everybody deployed again, like I said. So we we kind of was doing whatever we wanted too. Like they wanted to send us to training, we would go do that. And then, mm -hmm. you know, um, other privates would come in. And since we was there before them, we would tell them what to do, you know, cause we mm -hmm. already did it. Like we already had to do, we already had to clean all the barracks out cause everybody gone now. They just here doing what we did. Mm -hmm. So we would just tell them what to do and things like that and get maybe getting in trouble here and there, but nothing crazy. So. Um, when I first got there, we kind of just traveled a lot. They said you got two options why everybody deployed because they was going to deploy us, but they wanted us to stay back. So they was like, you could travel or go to school. And me and my girlfriend was like, yeah, we can go to school later. So we started traveling. So I did a lot of traveling like the first year and a half that well, the first year that I was in the military. So, you know, just training and traveling. That's it. The two T's. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then that's when everybody came back and I kind of met everybody. Like you, you kind of meet people like during like uh, kind of like Skype, you'll see the whole unit, they'll see you. And then, you know, they come back and then you kind of meet them who your NCO going to be and who your, you know, platoon sergeant, all your, you know, coworkers, whoever, you know, not coworkers, but you know what I mean? Your fellow soldiers and oh, your, uh -huh. your company. And then you'll see everybody else in other companies. But um, I kind of, my, my, my ex-husband or the guy that I married, he was in a whole nother unit, but we we kind of like, I was kind of really, 
I was still kind of like real goofy. So I would joke around with everybody. So I was always joking with people. So I kind of was joking with him a lot because he always had these big headphones on and he, he couldn't hear nothing because music was blasting. So I would always roll up on him and like pretend like I'm going to hit him and he'd be like, oh my God. So, so we kind of became really good friends because of that. Like I, I had a bunch of friends I just hung out with. I had braces at one point. We had the braces crew. Um, I had a Honda. We had a Honda car crew. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I just had a lot of fun with people. We had like the I was a 92 Yankee. We had a 92 Yankee click. Like we, you know, mm-hmm. we just had I just had I was just like really goofy and fun. So I just had a bunch of you know friends and things like that. So that's how I met my um my husband at the time. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how how was life, you know, once you guys got married and you know now you're a wife, how how was life, you know, being a wife and you know, still serving um in the military? I mean, it was cool. Like you, you gotta do all the changing your name, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. um uh, for me, because I had dated guys before, and then you know, you could kind of see how they going. Like, oh, I had a date a guy, he was always getting in trouble. I'm like, no, nah, I can't, I can't, like, we can't be together because your last name is tainted. Like you I don't want no problem with that. Name. <laughs> right, but your name in, and I got to see uh-huh. that you got UCMJ action. I don't want to be dealing with you. So um, he was really like by the book. Military was like his thing. He's still in right now. So he was like mm-hmm. really, that was like something that it seemed like to me his purpose in life was to actually mm-hmm. be in the military. So um, he kind of, when I seen him in his, all, we call it battle, his full battle rattle, his hat, I mean, I had his Cavalar with, you know, his, everything on I was like oh he kind of cute you know but this was like after me and him started talking in a way but um yeah you know it was it, it was we was friends first so the transition was kind of rough for me he kind of had to like woo me like I promise this and that <laughs> and I promise this and that and I was like yeah because I was I felt like I was a gazelle like you had to chase me and catch me at the ankles because I was trying to <laughs> I was not trying to be tied down with anybody and you know especially military men because they have their stigmas i mean military women do too but mostly military men you know they have their stigmas and i had and you know as a female soldier you you there's things in the military you go through with military mm-hmm. men so and and some of them outrank you and so as a punishment because they can't date you they'll make you do push-ups you know like oh, oh yeah. you gotta oh, go to parade rest and do push-ups so me and him was the same wow. rank so we kind of, you know, we kind of joked about it, but, you know, I had started dating. It was funny because I started dating somebody else before he could tell me he liked me. So it was just like a whole thing, though. So <laughs> we, we, he ended up like not even telling me nothing. And and um, my girlfriend was like, you know, he came over here to see you. your boyfriend was here. I was like, uh, he's my friend. He could have just came by, you know? <laughs> but whatever, you know, that was back in the day. We was like in our early 20s. So, you know, wow. things happen. Okay. Okay. So, um you know, after you guys got married and further along down the line, you got, you had children. Did you, you know, step down to be um, a full-time mom and a wife or were you still juggling and doing everything at the same time? Um, so like before we had, it was, it was kind of like, it was it was hard because like your life is on a schedule when you're in the military like you have to be at your formation by 6 30 so like I would my schedule yeah my schedule would be like put my come home about five ish Mm -hmm. you know get my son from daycare that could take 30 minutes you know got to get his bags his pampers and all of that get home by six eat dinner spend a little bit of time with my baby maybe an hour or two go to bed by nine um hopefully because my son was eating a bottle every three hours that boy was ready 
Um, and then I would put him in like a onesie that I know he could sleep through the night in. So he would mm-hmm. sleep in that through the night. And then I wake up at like 530, get dressed and then just leave him in that onesie, transport him to my um says car seat and drop him off at like six in the morning at the daycare and then go do my PT at 630. Come back home Ooh. at 730, um, take a shower, got to be back over at the unit by nine and then start the whole day over. So over the course of a couple of months, they would say, you know, he did this and he rolled over. And I'm like, rolled over. I'm missing all the good stuff. Cause like you literally have maybe three or two hours with your child. Cause you got to get some sleep and you know, he's right. a newborn. So you got to kind of put that flex time in there when he wakes up as well. So um, we, I did like want to get out. I was like, I'm going to get out because I, I want to spend time with my child and watch him grow up. And then eventually I found out I was pregnant my daughter. You know, I did a lot of snot bubble crying about that, but you know, and <laughs> I, I ended up, you know, getting out once I found out I was pregnant with her, I got out for a little bit. And okay. then um, I went back in, I had her and then I went back in as a reservist and the funny thing about it was it was so desperate for people i was like still with the baby weight and it was like listen we don't care we gonna gonna take you with all that weight and i'm like listen i know how y'all do because y'all gonna be like we gonna take you and then try to pull that pt test i'm overweight crap and i ain't beat for that so i had them put it in writing and everything so oh wow (laughs) yeah i was like smart girl because they Y'all not about to have me. And then two weeks later, like we got a PT test. And, right. and at the time, my last name was Merced. Merced, you're you're overweight. I'm like, yeah, we know. That's why I came in overweight. Like y'all don't recall what happened two weeks ago, you know. So I was about to be about that. So yeah, that's the one good thing that I did with the military to keep them accountable for their BS, you know. Mm, okay. So yeah. during during the transition of having, you know, being a wife, having, you know, the kiddos, did you ever feel ever like did you ever even go through postpartum depression? Did you feel like any, were you ever overwhelmed in between and between the process and everything that was going on? Yeah, I had postpartum after my daughter. That's another reason why I joined because I had it really bad. Like I had, it was bad because like when I had my son, I was still running, you know, like one day I was running and then one of my NCOs, she ran past me. I'm kind of like wearing a hat. She like, at the time, at the time before me and him got married, my lesson with Smith, she was like, Smith, I was like, yeah, she was like, why is you out here running? I was like, I don't even know how many months she was like, you out here running and you pregnant. I was like, ain't nobody doing pregnant PT. I got to stay in shape. <laughs> but like after my son, I think I snapped right back. So I think I had like five or 10 pounds of losing. That was it. But with my daughter, I was like gigantic, you know, like I went to the doctor, my stomach, you know, my muscles had separated. She gonna grab my stomach and shake some, it'll go back. Oh, but then, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was, but didn't even say, girl, wear a girdle or keep it tight or nothing. So <laughs> just grabbed it and shook it like we was cool. Like, that was like, girl, I'm about to punch you. So, uh, and then I'm, I really wish she would have told me to wear that support so I could help my stomach get back to where it was at. But she never did. So I had a lot of postpartum. And then my sister came to live with us and she kept, she would try to, you know, support me like, Keisha, you could be this big or that big, but you're not. So I was going to the gym for years trying to lose weight. Um, I did get over the postpartum when I joined the military, but again, it took me so long to lose the weight. Like it, it just started messing with my mental. And then eventually I did start losing weight, but Mm. yeah, it was more of that. Like the kids, the kids were good. Like my son, when I had him, he was just so, I don't know, he's a cancer like me. So he just was in tune with my emotions. So even like, if I started to feel sad, he just look at me like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, you right. You right. And then my (laughs) daughter, she was just a ball of cuteness like she had these big brown eyes curly hair and she just couldn't do no wrong you know so I couldn't really like they both just gave me a lot of love 
but you know post my postpartum was more like you know weight wise i just was mad i couldn't shake it like dang you know so i every so now uh, so often i tell my daughter yeah you go ahead and have kids you go ahead you you go ahead and have kids i can't wait <laughs> i can't wait till you have some kids and she'd be looking at me like what <laughs> you are the result. <laughs> you know, like you, you put on a lot of weight. You put a lot of weight on me. So go ahead and have some kids. I can't wait to see because she's so small and petite. I'm like, can't wait to see you with baby. Oh, we, gotta, we, got, we just gotta blame it on the kids. Yeah, blame I'm it blaming on the it. Kids. And she came out five pounds, nine ounces. I'm like, what? Oh, she was small. small. What? Oh my lord! I would have been. I would have been one. I would be mad too. I would be like, I got. Oh, I got this fat. Over for you being so small, girl, oh, I, I blame you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she could have been, been at least eight pounds. Yeah, she had me eating crazy stuff. She had me eating crazy food. Like all I wanted was lemonade, chocolate milk, and bagogi. For real. That was it. That's that was my <laughs> And spaghetti, like, and it wasn't even good spaghetti. It was like Chef RD. I don't even know why. Like, I don't even know. I don't know why I want a Chef RD. Like, and to this day, I can't eat no too much tomato sauce. I just can't. You tomatoed oh out from when you were. Yeah, that was it. That was. That was it. So, so yeah. two kids being in the military, going through postpartum. Did you feel like you had support from your husband at the time of going through all this? Oh my God, sorry, I shouldn't laugh like that, but no. Like after my daughter, I like he got some time off of work and he slept. I wanted to choke him every other day. Like, guy, what are you here for? You sleeping all day. Like, he did have his tummy time with her when she was asleep, but when she was up, no. Like I from that day, and I'm I've never said this to him, but from that day, I was like, I'm never having any more kids with him. And, and she is my last one with him. Like, never again. Lessons learned. Like, one time, and I asked him that he remember this, and he didn't remember it. One time, we was in Kentucky, and they had a, a little earthquake. I was, like, pregnant with my daughter, and I come down, and she's like, hey, did you feel that earthquake? He's like, I thought that was you walking around upstairs. I almost what? killed him. I was like, excuse me. So then I asked him years later, he's like, I don't remember saying it. I'm like, yeah, of course you don't remember saying it, but you said it because I remember. Like, wow. He, yeah, he was and he was going to training all the time and always mm -hmm. had things to do. And I was like so always mad. And and then my daughter came out looking just like him. So I was like, oh, stop doing that. <laughs> Cause you was mad while you was pregnant. <laughs> I was so mad at him. Whole pregnancy, mad at him. She ended up coming out looking like. And she ended up pickaboo. I'm still here. <laughs> A mini version of him, and I was like, "Gosh, next if I have another one, I'm just gonna hate myself every morning. Just get up like you are the worst person in the world." <laughs> <But> <laughs> you look like you. Yeah, I was like, I'm just not gonna I'm have another one. Yeah. I'm just not gonna have another. I just never did. I just said, forget it. Like being with him and having kids and dealing with him you know I think and I said I think that also um contributed to our divorce it was like okay. he was so busy trying to not be around family because he was just so used to being away from it that when he got out he just didn't want to be around like he would find the dumbest reasons to leave the house you know and I think over time I resented that you know like I really mm -hmm resented it you know like I don't like you like I don't like what you're doing like I had almost all my Facebook posts was just me and the kids you know he was absent wow mm. yeah 
Yeah, and so we ended up talking about that too. Struggle in traditions, you know, from being. you were doing pretty much everything while he was deployed right yeah girl everything like all the way down to his um his uh class blue his class a's and everything like that like i had his jacket pressed i had his awards put on i knew where his dress socks was at like i felt like i was his secretary wife wow. assistant you know what i mean and don't get me wrong like as his wife, I was okay with that, but it was become, it was like when it was more like, um, how you say it, like an inconvenience, like when it, okay. when it came out, when it was coming out to be like, he was just, how you, instead of him appreciating it, he was just like expecting it. Like I was just supposed mm. to be doing that. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm tired of this. So you can do this and that on your own, you know, like let you figure it out for a bit. You know, like I would be, I also worked. So it was like, I would, he'd be like, can you go home? Cause I'm in, he'd be like, you know, we was in Alaska too the last couple of years. Um, and he flew out to Anchorage for some type of training. Can you go home and look in the paperwork and um, digitally send me this and that? And I'm like, guy, I have a job and I only got a 30 minute lunch and you want me to go home and get your paperwork. You know what I mean? Wow. It, it was just like some of the last straw was like another last straw. And this might seem, you know, um, superficial or materialistic but I love that sweater he he put my cashmere sweater in the dryer and I was like sir you know I love that sweater why would you you never wash clothes a day in your life like I wash everybody's clothes why would you put my cashmere sweater in the dryer oh, wow. sir like oh, he, it just felt like it was just and then my daughter she had um I don't even we wouldn't even call it a condition. She just would like projectile vomit everywhere. And mm. like, I would have to clean that up. It was just like a lot of things cooking dinner. If he cooked dinner, he would want me to clean the kitchen. Um, if I cooked dinner, I would clean the kitchen. It was just a lot of things that he was, he, I guess he felt like he was the main house. So I should do everything. And I just didn't, I didn't appreciate that. Cause I was contributing too. So it just, it was a lot of years of me putting up with things Is that, he, um, he just inside it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. And mm -hmm. I, and you know, I went to counseling and she wanted to ask me what I do. And I was like, I hate to say that I'm perfect, but I, I don't see what I did. You know, like I'm, mm -hmm. I've really thought about that to myself. Like, what did you do? And then I was like, well, maybe I compensated too much. Maybe I was allowing myself to be his assistant too much, was bending over backward. Cause I actually, cause little did I tell you, I actually did go home and get that paperwork and send it to him. You know what I mean? So I kind of, wow. I kind of was like doing these things for him and I can't really blame him for something that I was um, encouraging. Allowing to allow yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So after the whole, you know, divorce and all of that, how was the transition of being a single mother afterwards? How did that come about? Did was it really hard for you to get into? I mean, you said you spend a lot of time by yourself anyways. So I'm only assuming the transition wasn't as hard, except that you no longer had a husband at that point. Yeah, it wasn't hard because he was, you know, doing his own thing anyway. So it really okay. wasn't hard. And, you know, I kind of laugh at this and I might have been being real mean. I told he was like still kind of following me around. And I was like, guy, go get a hobby. And and then I kind of was like, man, now that I think about that, like that was kind of harsh to say to him, you know, like mm -hmm. he was going through this divorce, too. 
but um it was it was probably harder for him because I had already started to get myself I I had started lying in myself to be you know this person by myself already because he had started lying to himself to be you know a dad when he wanted a husband he wanted and all by himself and stuff so I had started to say like I'm gonna align myself to get ready for what you know, I probably should have did eight years ago, but (laughs) I had started getting myself together. So once I filed for a divorce, I really, really thought about it. And I filed for divorce February, 2020. And I had also put in for a rotational assignment with the old job I had for six months. I got accepted to that. So I started to, I brought my, my family member up here to watch my kids while I was gone. I started doing that. Um, I moved down there, did that came back um and did some interviews down there got a job um sold my house packed me and my kids up and moved out and everything's been really good for me ever since I did that and I kind of said to myself I should have did this a long time ago when my psychologist my my counseling my uh, marriage counselor told me to divorce my husband and she normally don't do that but she definitely said to me Keisha I advise that you divorce him and when I went back to them for counseling when I was going through the divorce process she told me you should have divorced them when I told you to divorce them so many years ago like we I tried to save my marriage I went through all types of counseling I went to spiritual counseling and later on I bumped into my well I didn't bump into him I actually went to like a um it was like a fundraising bike event at my church and he asked me about and I told him we'll be going through a divorce and he said well I could tell he wasn't ready to um do what he needed to do as a husband anyway and I was thinking that he was on my husband's side the whole time like I felt like I was a bad person when we left there but he was like yeah I could tell he wasn't ready to um actually you know stay on the same path with you and you know do what y'all need to do to be together and not that shocked me but I tried my hardest you know but things just didn't work out but and you fought you you know you you fought it through for a long time and I'm sure that kind of played a part of in your self-esteem as well you know trying to do everything and not really understanding what the problem is and then with you you know being accountable and going to therapy that takes a lot too yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah did a lot of therapy did a lot of therapy while I was in my marriage because I was mm-hmm. doing so much I was taking care of the kids clothes his clothes I was doing everything and I kind of got like OCD-ish so I went to the I went to a psychologist about that and she helped me realize like because you know for me I felt like if you get out the shower and you leave your clothes in the bathroom when there's a hamper five feet away there's an issue you know and I and that was what me and him was arguing about like you could just walk past the hamper to go to the room so why you couldn't put your clothes in there so um I, I went to her and she's like hey just let it fly so you know like just let it go <laughs> so she kind of helped me get past a little bit of OCD but I also stopped doing everybody's laundry you know except mm-hmm. the kids you know I stopped doing <laughs> his laundry like if it piled up or well you know and 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 I when I was one time I went to the reserves and he let my laundry pile up for two weeks, two, three weeks of clothes to wash. And I was like, you can watch that. I'm not. Like, it was it was just so much to go through, you know, and I'm and I'm so happy that I how you say it, liberated myself from that, you know, mm. like and, mm. and 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 something that you guys probably wouldn't ask me. But the other day I was talking to a friend and I was thinking like I could have got this and that from him. But then I started thinking about how things are going right now for him. And I'm just like. I'm I'm just, you know, I, it just catches up when it does, you know, like I'm not wishing any bad on him. I really like we're in a good space now, but like he also acknowledged it like, yeah, I know this is karma. And I'm just like, what? But, you know, that's mm-hmm. like really mature him. So I see him maturing and being more of a dad as well, too. So, you know, well, but, good. you know, 
I'm good. I'm glad. That's good. And he, he's growing on his own time. Yep. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm, that is that's, so that's good that he's seeing that, you know, because mm. he ain't got that help. But on, on top of that, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, he's seeing, you know, the outcome from his choices in the past. And that takes a lot of courage, too, because a lot of people are just very prideful and yep. you know, they just mm -hmm. tuck everything underneath. So that's good that yeah. he, he's at least trying, trying. Yeah. yeah. It took took three years, took three years, but. We are doing really good co-parenting the two kids. Good, good. So. I'm happy. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're in that space because sometimes when people separate, it takes years yeah. to even get into that space where you get where you're able to get along. And yeah. you said it only took three years. I applaud yeah. you for that. I yeah. applaud you for that. That's really amazing. So if you can give any advice to anyone that is going to be a soon-to-be uh military wife what would it be i would say make sure that when you go into it that you both sit down and talk about what you will and won't allow because that's the thing that we didn't do we didn't talk about what we will and won't allow or will and won't accept and i would say do that um and also just try to keep things open with each other like if you have like you know a build a family or he has somebody before and they have children just try to keep that open communication um because you don't want to keep things separate from each other when it comes to co-parenting other your child that's another thing i would say as well but um and as a wife do not let other military wives tell you what to do because that happened to me like you know i went to like the nco wife club and they said you gotta give away you gotta stop doing all the things you want to do and and be his backbone right. i'm like so just so, you know, as long as y'all go in together and decide to be each other's backbone and you support each other, you should be good, you know, and, and make sure that that's what y'all want to do, because you don't want your husband and, you know, somebody to be, oh, he out at the club and this and that and get all in your ear. So just make sure y'all have mm. open communication. Um, Y'all ready. Y'all both ready to be in a relationship and y'all discuss what y'all will and won't accept in y'all relationships last marriage. Mm, I mm. love that. Great yeah, advice. Great advice. So let's speak on some good things, you know, <laughs> um, being in the military, you know, being deployed and traveling, you know, you was traveling, you decided to travel versus going to school. So any, any young kids, make sure y'all go to school. That's watching. Make sure y'all go to school. <laughs> <laughs> but go to school but, but travel too like especially if you're in the military like they're gonna they really pay for all of that like you there's ways to, to travel and not have to pay for things but you can go to school too while you travel i was a knucklehead so i just traveled i didn't have time to stop and do tests and things like that i was ripping and running so you can do both <laughs> you can do both you can do both so based off of that you know living in all different types of locations which location has been the most peaceful in your life? Um, I would now I'm gonna be honest. I enjoy Germany. I actually think I'm a, a German citizen because I filled out all the paperwork and got this big long paper that's read in, in German, but I've never had it read. But <laughs> I love living in Germany. It's very much a culture shock. You will it will take you a long time to get used to it. Like I was out there with my homegirl. We went to like one of their little local pools, and these kids were flashing us. We was like, oh my god. God, what is wrong with these kids? And then we realized, like, everybody's just totally naked. And I guess they knew we were Americans. I was like, yeah, I know where those Americans aren't used to this. So they just, I'm like, <laughs> okay, but you're children. You know what I mean? Like, these little kids yeah. coming by, like, boom, here's my button. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> but, like, yeah, then we look around, you see babies naked, too. But um, I really, really, really enjoyed it out there. Um, I, I also enjoyed Alaska a lot as well. I lived there for three years. 
I loved it out there. Um, would I move back? No. But there is incentives to live out there in, in Alaska as well. But yeah. And and just and traveling in general, I enjoyed Spain and Italy. Mm. Nice. Nice. Um, they sound very peaceful. Definitely would love to travel there myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple of good places to go. Yeah. So let's speak on life now. How's like your life now, you know, with your children and living now that you're, you know, you were a, being a military wife, being in the military. How is life now? Life is good now. You know, I still have a little bit of my military structure in me, but not much because, you know, I want to I want to be drill sergeant mom. But then again, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, <laughs> I, my mom was kind of like a drill sergeant. You know, I'd be like, I'm y'all going to turn me into Monique. That's my mom's name. But um, I love you, mom. But um, like being. I was single for a bit and the single world is different. You know, it was very, very different. Um, I did not enjoy it. So I'm happy I met my husband. We actually took it really slow, but we kind of didn't. <laughs> we kind of met um, like early July, right before my birthday. Then, you know, we kind of both was taking it slow because like just the dating scene out here for both of us was just really wow. Like I'm out here in the DMV, which is, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and it's just a different world out here. So Mm -hmm. Um, he had some bad experiences and I did too. So we were taking our time. Then I got COVID and then he, I was like, yeah, they say five days now. He like, no, take, take 10 days champ. And so I was like, you know, right? <laughs> he's not lying. I'm going to take my 10 days. <laughs> and so I was in his area getting my eyebrows done. And I said, listen, I'm in your neighborhood. You should come through. So I passed him the address and he came over. I, I call it applying pressure. Now that I think about it. like, I did apply a little bit of pressure. And then after that, he's like, let's meet and go on a date. So we did. And then the vibe was just really good. We felt like it was like Kendrick Spears. Like we were just not, we really were supposed to go like bike riding or scooter and which I was scared of because I'm terrible at those things, but it mm. rained, it rained. So we ended up staying at his place and watching a movie. Then it just, time just flew by and we like, oh, I got to work in the morning. So we left, but you know, but we just kept constant, uh, constant, um, consistent and in touch with each other. And we kind of let things fall into place. And the funny thing about it is, I, and I kind of still smell at like this, I kissed him for the first time. He was out dancing and I just Look went in. Like, I was like, you know, I'm you know, applying the pressure you. continuously. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, give me this. I was dancing and I just kissed him. And I told my girlfriend, we laughed like little school girls. Like, <laughs> but um, then, you know, you know, we, we just was inseparable after that, you know, like every it just felt right you know it just I can't even explain it you know because and then some things you know we hit a couple of um patches where mm -hmm. I'd explain to him like I'm not used to being a man with a man that's financially stable I'm not used to being with a man that's you know consistent and things like that so you know I had to let him know like that because I was kind of standoffish and he was like okay right. well I'm gonna apply pressure so he <laughs> he applied some pressure let me know that he's like this is me I'm financially stable I'm this guy and this is really me I met his mom and then December we got engaged oh, wow. and by April we were married so come on come on thank you yeah so he put the pressure on at the end look at that he did he applied <laughs> pressure because I was I was not expecting that in for Christmas like I really wasn't and I think at one point he wanted to do it in front of my friends but I don't have a lot of friends like that so I kind of didn't you know what I mean he was like let's have a game night and I was just like oh I got some friends but two of them don't get along right now and you know and it is it, like I just don't have a lot of friends because I, I still kind of knew 
I had only been out here for like almost three years, you know. So mm-hmm. um I kind of messed that up, but he did it in front of my kids for Christmas. So that was that was Aww. fine. Yeah. Aww. That's so nice. Aww. Yeah. So <laughs> can you speak on um your podcast? You have a podcast as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Uh, that you're co-hosting with and until you transition to your own podcast, which is dope, um, what you guys talk about on the, the podcast and how we can find you. Sure. Yes. I'm I'm currently on Talk My Credo right now with uh, Dante, um, my friend Nas and KT. Um, we all like cousins, you know, like just, just, you know, just came together. The energy was right. Um, we do the podcast on YouTube. We also on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, anywhere you can get on and listen to a podcast. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we just did an episode on Monday. We talked about inf- the infamous Bloody Saturday. Uh, we dis- <laughs> we discussed um, Africa as it is um, conforming to its independence with you know within itself. Um, sheesh, we talk we talk about everything, current events, um, everything down to um, what was it? Look, I'm, I'm I just did the podcast on Monday, but uh, we talk about everything. We make it fun. We watch some skits skits on things like the young lady that was on two uh, the uh, little um, she's a I don't even want to say, I'm trying to be politi- politically correct. The uh, <laughs> white woman that was on a uh, TikTok when she was doing little dances to like, you know, snap your fingers and talk about her. You didn't hear about that? She she had like a whole thing where she do like hip hop dances on TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, she blew up or whatever. But we talk about everything on the podcast. And right, you know, as of right now, I'm also working on starting my own podcast called Yo Keisha. As you can see in the background, I'm trying to look, I'm in the way. Anyway, whatever. But <laughs> working on Yokisha, um, that actually generated from um the late night flight podcast. And you can find them on all podcasts and as well, including uh Facebook and YouTube. Um okay. it started there and I'm actually figuring out how to spin off on my own, but you can also find that on YouTube as of right now. So um I haven't started yet, but soon I'm gonna be doing a couple of interviews on well, the first interview on Saturday, and um gonna be doing that with Mr. Music. And um, yeah, it's gonna be a good little show. I might even put out a couple of shorties before I put the, out the whole episode. Nice. Well, I'm going to give you a congratulations on your yes. um, podcast. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so we it's, it's are great. Um... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go, ahead, go, ahead go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, you're doing amazing, you know, life after combat. It's amazing, you know, and I can see like you've done so much for yourself and you know, you, you know, when you start young going into, you know, you're thinking you're coming into something and you're not knowing what you're getting yourself into. And then life just happens and look where you are now. That's exactly how it was. And I know, I know you have one more question for me, but I wanted to give y'all that background about those braids really quick. And <laughs> what happened was whole time. Come back to that. So did they make you cut it off? Like what happened with that? Whole time is picking on me. I had a bunch of male drill sergeants. They was like, wait to drill sergeant. Someone so get here. I didn't know it was a female. She came in. She saw me in, in them braids, pulled me out of the line. She said, Oh, you think you're cute? You got braids, huh? Okay. Well, if the braids not gone by Friday, we're gonna have a problem. So I'm like, okay, which how they gonna go you know so i just left them in there she saw me friday she took me and my battle buddy outside and smoked us for and what smoking is any it was like um 
what was it like uh duck walking bear crawls um low crawls like she had us out there for like an hour i could like i i could not move like i walked into the building and collapsed my underwear which were white were brown at this point and that night every the way she smoked me everybody in the building could see it so every female that was on night guard let one person go to come help me take out my braids <laughs> So all night, a person like you have a fire guard for an hour, they would come help me take out my braids. And, and we didn't get them all out, but we got enough to wear because it was human here. So we had enough mm -hmm. to wear. You could put a ponytail and it, it would cover the braids and you could just see right. the human hair hanging. <laughs> so you wouldn't Man. be. Oh, we was, my goodness. They, they felt my pain. Like they, you, oh. I knew because I didn't even ask for help. I was just doing it myself. And it was like, yo, we can't help you give me a comb and I was like thank you so much like I was crying thinking about this. like I know like and that's another thing that I learned while I was there like it was it was a punishment but it also taught me like this is your battle buddy and this mm -hmm. even if y'all don't know each other this is who is here that's gonna pick if you get shot this is who gonna run and get you like this is right. everybody's a family here even if you don't know them so that was like my first experience with that like oh my god you are my battle buddy you saving me and every the whole night for 24 hours somebody would come and help me take my braids out so yeah wow. I, was, I was grateful yeah that's awesome how everyone works together even despite you know someone else's issue or problem or mm -hmm. um you know that's something that they do teach in the, the military is you guys are a team it's not you or him it's always we at the end of the day even when yep. it came to the phone mm -hmm. calls mm -hmm. and um yep. that teaches you unity because there's so much selfish people in the world these days it's sad it is i definitely agree with you shanara because you know everybody's always about themselves not looking out after each other but you know but you can also use this whole break thing as advice to other people <laughs> You know, when they go into the military, do not wear them braids, but don't do it. I got wear your hair right now. That's how it's looking like. <laughs> I oh wouldn't be able goodness. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are going to take a quick commercial break before we get into the closing of our last uh, question. Have you recently started a business? Maybe looking to get more exposure? Are you interested in taking your business to the next level? Let Uncommon Women Podcasts further assist you with our business and brand promoting packages. For more information, please email us at uncommonwomenpodcast.com or reach us directly on one of our social media platforms so we can further assist you. And always remember, stay uncommon. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Shanara, do you want to check if we have any comments before we do our, uh, any comments or from the audience before we close out? Uh, no comments or questions at this time. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, um, Keish, for and then just telling us your wonderful story. And it's been so much fun. I love your energy and how energetic you are. Um, Hopefully someone takes heed, especially to the great advice, <laughs> but it's been fun. Um, we have a question we asked our guest speaker. What makes you uncommon? Hmm. See, that was the question. Did y'all have that on the outline or not? This is, see, 
Um, um, I would say, um, what makes me uncommon is the fact that I started the military young, started my family young, and, um, in my late twenties decided that I needed to love me a little bit more. And I decided to be a bit selfish. And, um, I guess in your late twenties, that is kind of uncommon, but I'm going to say this with being that selfish, I have became, I've become more successful in life. Um, I actually went to, co- went back to college and got my degree, um, all while working and being in the military, you know, in the reserves, of course. But, um, I also, you know, had this rough marriage cause I started young, <clears throat> I think because I started young, I didn't ask for what I wanted. Um, But Mm -hmm. I learned from that, that, you know, moving forward, I'm going to make sure I get what I want and be, you know, ready. And when when I'm not ready to date, I'm not going to date. And when I'm ready to date, I will date and um, let God bring the man to me and, of course, not rush into it. And, um, yeah, so I'm happy being uncommon, uncommonly quiche. Yes. I love it. Thank you, um, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you, Keish, for coming on. And it's been an honor and having you on the platform. So I'm going to speak on our business proposals so as we're transla- as we're trans- transitioning over into television. So if you want to be a part of um, growing your business and um, coming on to um, being a part of the platform, you can email us at Uncommon Women podcast at gmail.com for more information on our business proposal, as well as make sure you tune in every Monday for our goal guru for her motivational Mondays. Um, make sure you also come check us out, uh, uh, Instagram on common women podcast. And also I want to speak up on our upcoming third annual, um, I love myself seminar, which is, um, coming up in November. Make sure you get your tickets. Um, if you want to purchase your tickets, go to www.eventbrite.com. Um, all the information is on there on Eventbrite. And also, um, we also are starting a podcast academy, which if you're interested in starting your own podcast, uh, make sure you also contact us uh, through the same email, uncommonwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And Make sure you tune in again for another powerful testimony um, next Thursday and stay on common. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace, good vibes, and stay uncommon.